Art has made my job very easy today if you were paying attention. <laughs> because those songs were right on time and, and really uh, a good song leader will try to uh, set the preacher up. And he did very well in doing that this morning. Um, I just want to put in the forefront for those that are visiting with us or guests. Uh, I am not Robert Hinton. Amen. Okay, I am today. <laughs> But he, uh, uh, truthfully, though, he is away in the Philippines, and we can't wait for Robert to return and, and tell us all his stuff. Because anybody heard, he's been preaching like two times a day and traveling by boat and feet and everything else all over. And it just sounds, I'm waiting for him to tell us everything about it. Yeah. But truly, it's an awesome opportunity, and I'm sure he's blessed others' lives as well as it blessing his life as well. I just need to do a couple of disclaimers before we look at the text uh, that we have uh, set out this morning. First of all, uh, the story we're about to talk about is dealing with storms. Uh, of course, they were in a boat, but we can know soon we have storms in our lives as well. Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to understand something. Uh, storms help to perfect our faith. Amen. Uh, and you can say amen. You can't. We talked about this Wednesday night. If you weren't here. You know how we get so solemn in, in church and quiet and stuff, but we go to a ball game, we yell and everything. I was listening, John. And, uh, but, I mean, it's okay to, and when you say amen, all you're saying is strong confirmation. You're not saying that what I'm saying is right, but you're saying what God said is right. Amen? Amen. amen. Thank you. I know you don't have a problem. Anyway, but also we got scripture for that as well, too. I want you to understand over there in Acts 17, 11, the Bible says that these were no, more noble in Thessalonica. And that they received the word with readiness and studied the scriptures daily to see whether those things were so. So don't look at me. Look at the word. Amen. All right. I'm just a I'm just a proclaimer of his word. Amen. And then also, I want you to understand something, too. Don't don't think that you're alone if you're having some problems or you're struggling with something this morning. Because Jesus said the best thing in John 16, 33. He says, in the world, you will have tribulation. But then he comes right back after that and says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you're an overcomer, too. And so this lesson helped me, and I hope it helps somebody else this morning, too. Let's look at the text once again, and I'm just reading it for confirmation. If you, if you wasn't here earlier, the text is... Mark six forty five through 51. The Bible says he immediately made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida. Where while he sent the multitude away and when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now, when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing and for the wind was against them. Now, about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out for they all saw him and were troubled. Watch this now. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, be of good cheer. It is I do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them. And the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. If that's in your Bibles, you can say amen. amen. And now today, 
our text talks about the fear of the disciples. And this parallels our lives at times. Though we may have never been in a ship during a storm on the Sea of Galilee, we all get into storms from time to time. And when we do, we can come or we can rely on Jesus to come to our rescue as he did for those 12 men in that boat. Now, what amazes me at times is that most of those men were fishermen. And they probably saw storms before, but they never saw a storm like this one. Amen, somebody. You, you'll catch up with me sooner or later. He, he, and Jesus, when Jesus arrives at the boat, he addresses three areas of life that I want to deal with today that were of major concern for the disciples. And as he did, he was able to replace their fear with his peace. And let's talk for a little bit about that short statement that's found in verse 50. Be of good cheer. Because in this short statement, we learn the glorious truth that Jesus is the ultimate source of peace for the believer. And there are plenty of unknowns ahead uh, for every one of us in life. But it's good to know that the Lord already knows about them all and is able to give us the peace we need and desire during those troublesome times. Notice three areas which were addressed by the Lord that night. First of all, he addressed their fear. When Jesus said, be of good cheer, it was as if he were saying to every one of us, do not fear the storms of life. That is a lot easier to say than it is to do. Amen, somebody. I'll be the first to raise my hand. But there are several good reasons why we should refuse to fear the storms that life brings our way. First of all, storms are under his control. The context, the, the disciples were terrified in verse 48. They are struggling and they are afraid that they're going to die. Jesus, however, uses the very thing they fear as a means to comfort them. He demonstrated his control over their situation by walking on the water. Haven't you ever did a, a, a painted a picture in your mind? I can't imagine Jesus walking on water to me. But that's what he does. He walks on water to take care of your situation. I remember the situation with Peter. Bible says Peter began walking and then when he started seeing the winds and the boisterous seas raging, he began to sink. Why? Because he took his eyes off Jesus. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 12 too, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We got to stay focused on Jesus. I know it's hard. Stuff happens at the job, stuff happens in life, but you got to stay focused on Jesus. And I'm not talking about those of us that wear glasses. I'm talking about your spiritual bifocals. <laughs> Amen, Gary. Gary, if you didn't know, happens to be optrist. Uh, what's it? A technical word? Optometrist. Excuse me. Eye doctor. Eye doctor. Yeah, there you go. Actually, I have a pair of his glasses still to this day. Oh, amen. But Jesus calmed the storm. We serve a mighty big God, don't we? I use this a lot of time and those that have heard me preach before and probably heard me say this a time or two. We have to quit telling God how big our problems are and tell our problems how big our God is. Amen. Amen. 
I'm glad y'all with me today. Y'all must have had your Starbucks today. Can we look at uh, Job 9, 5 through 8 real quick? I think this is very important for us to see. Job, yes, ma'am. Job 9, 5 through 6. I want you to see how big our God is and really look at what the text is saying. And we're going to come right back, but I got to show you this. I was reading this and I was just like, wow, our God is awesome as if we didn't already know that. But it helps to remind us at times. Job 9, 5 through 8. I hear the pages turning. The Bible says in Job 5, 9, 5 through 8, rather, he removes the mountains and they do not know. Lord, have when he overturns them in his anger, he shakes the earth out of its place and its pillars tremble. He commands the sun and it does not rise. He seals off the stars. He alone spreads out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. Is that in your Bibles? That just gave me chills, Art. There are times, folks, when life appears, listen to the wording, when life appears out of control. That was your chance to say amen. But let me remind every child of God in this room today that Jesus is still in control of your life. The Bible says in Psalms 37 and verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And that's generic women. Amen. See, we got to have the Lord directing our steps if we want that peace. He is still walking on the waves of your stormy life. And has the power to calm those waves at his will. Therefore, he is absolutely worthy of our trust and of our faith. He is in control. And we have to remember some of this well, too. Storms are a part of his plan for our lives. Sometimes we act like we're the only ones going through stuff. The Bible says we ought to have comfort knowing that your brothers and sisters also go through some of the same stuff you're going through. Now watch this now. I'm going to show you this now, too. I'm not going to tell you that. but I'm gonna... Storms are part of his plan for our lives. Look at the context. The disciples were out there in that boat in the middle of that storm simply because they were in the will of God. They were in the storm because why? Jesus sent them. Ain't no, it ain't one of them things like we say oftentimes. Well, how did I get here? <laughs> now, what now? And I say that because of this. They were in the storm because Jesus sent them there. And I'm saying that because look out for those preachers who tell you that there is it is never God's will for the child of God to suffer or go through tough times. I'm not preaching no feel good sermon for you today. I'm going to simply preach the truth. The truth is storms are to be expected, but not feared. Amen, somebody. Storms. Help us to grow more into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 tells us for a light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding uh, grand eternal weight of glory. There are two things to remember during any stormy time of life. God knows where we are and what we are facing. 
Amen. Job said it like this. Job 23.10. But he knows the way I take. And when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. I've been told, and some of you may know this, I've been told, because uh, a lot of times we talk about we go through stuff as a refining process. Um, I'm told that when jewelers, you got a lot of you, I see a lot of you wearing fine jewelry today. It just doesn't come that way. They get what's called raw materials and then they're placed into a, a super hot vat. Uh, and then that, that, that molten uh, metal, precious metal, starts to form a, a, a hazy glaze on the top, I'm told. And they start skimming it off until they can see the reflection. And that's how they know it's good enough for you to wear on your finger. Amen. Amen. But they start skimming off, skimming off that nasty stuff. And that's what God does with our life. Yeah. When we're going through trials and tribulations, he's refining us. We're in that vat. And he's skimming off stuff till he can see the reflection of his son Jesus in us. And I didn't invent that analogy. I got that from an old preacher a long time ago. But I like it. Y'all can use it too. And also, God allows what he does for our good and for his glory. I'm going to tell you something real quick. This passage of scripture, and I'm probably for you as well, too. When I go through stuff, I try to uh, take myself to the scripture, but I have a hard time at times. And I'm sure you do as well. Especially when I'm going through a difficult time, I have to go to the scripture. Because the Bible says in Romans 8, 28, I know we all know it. All things. Stay with me now because I'm going to help somebody. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Well, I just I just broke my arm. How's that working together for my good? Well, maybe you need to sit down somewhere. You're trying to do too much. Bible tells us, be still and know that I am God. See, a lot of times we can't understand what God is doing, but I don't need to understand. I trust God and I know he's doing what's best for me. See, that's the hard part for us to deal with when you're going through troubles. But remember what Job said, you're going to come forth as gold. And this is the part I like. Remember, I already said we all going to have storms. But remember, storms only have a limited duration. How many of you have been down south in one of them storms? Art and some of the others, I'm sure you have. Oh, yes, sure. And, and man, it was a torrential storm. But you know what? They don't last that long. I'm going to help somebody. I'm sure the disciples thought that they were finished in that storm. It probably appeared to them that the storm wasn't going to end before they themselves had perished in its fury. However, when Jesus came on the scene, he was able to show them that there was always, always an end to the storm. May I remind you that Jesus knows what you are facing and he knows what you're able to take. He will not allow you to be tested above the limits of your endurance. I know y'all know the scripture. First Corinthians 10, 13. There's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you're able. But in every way, find a way to escape that you may be able to endure it. See, some people like to take that escape thing. You're going to get out. No, you're not going to. He's going to make a way for you to endure it. You're never alone. That's what's so good about the situation. Never forget that the storm that you're in today or the one you may face tomorrow did not come to stay. But they all just came to pass away. There's a song we used to sing back in the day. The storm is passing over. Now, 
I suppose that fear takes a different shape for every person in this room. Some fear old age. Others fear disease. Some fear dying. Others poverty. But whatever name you attach to it this morning, the fact remains that we are all afflicted from time to time by fear. And in all honesty, we would have to admit that most of the time our fears do not materialize. Tell you, I don't do this often, but I got to tell you this story. I thought it was cute. Uh, Four ministers, I'm told, were in a car and they were traveling to central Ohio. Uh, All of a sudden, they're driving along on this long journey and they heard a loud bang. Well, you hear a loud bang when you travel on the road. You probably think you got a blowout, right? So they come to a stop and, and then they all get out to check the tires to see which tire had blown out. Well, all four men got out and the driver went around to the back and saw that the spare had blown out. I'm going to bring this home in a minute. Yeah. The concern turned to laughter. When they saw that the spare mounted on the rear had blown out and their fear resulted from a wrong conclusion. Stay with me. Often we draw the wrong conclusions in life. And as a result, we are responsible for whipping up many of our own storms. Therefore, instead of worrying, we must learn to trust in the Lord. Jesus during the stormy times of our lives. Second point I want to give you today. He addressed their faith. When Jesus came to the disciples walking on water, they thought he was a spirit and cried out in fear. However, when he spoke to them, he addressed their fears and then he gave them ample reason to believe that he had that help had arrived. When Jesus got there, this is I want you to remember, y'all. He quickly identified himself unto the disciples. You remember what he said? He said, it is I. Now, Now, wait a minute. I'm having a hard time with this. They thought it was a ghost. The ghost replies, it is I. Now, what you going to do with that? Yeah, probably screaming jump off the ship. (laughs) Don't get out the ship. (laughs) Now, when he said it is I, that's an emphatic personal pronoun, a statement of identification. Is this Jesus was saying? Fellows, do not be afraid of what you're facing. After all, the I am is here. Woo. That's powerful. Jesus was simply reminding those men of who he is. Okay. First of all, Jesus is all powerful. We all know that, right? Luke 137, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Job 42, 2, I know that you can do anything. Ephesians 3.22, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think through the power that worketh within us. That us is us. Yes, ma'am. He has proven his power time and time again since the beginning of time. Just remember his, his power as it was revealed in creation of world. Genesis 1 through 2. Remember his preservation of Noah, Genesis 6 and 7. Remember the miracles surrounding the deliverance of Israel from Egypt, Exodus 3 through 15. Over and over, God has proven that he has the power to exceed our wildest imaginations. He hasn't changed. He says in Malachi, I am the Lord God, I change not. He still is God and he still is the Almighty. And if you have a mountain this morning and he's moving, he is the only one. Who is qualified to get the job done. 
The kind of power we are talking about is illustrated in Isaiah 40 and verse 12. Let's look at that real quick. Isaiah 40 and verse 12. I know some of y'all wouldn't plan on using your Bibles as much this morning. I'm sorry. As we turn, I'm going to tell you something about this real quick. Um, I have an uncle that preaches in Georgia, and he says a lot of times these preachers want to give you uh, this, well, I think and I feel sermons. And my uncle used to reply to that, don't give me no lip, just give me some script. <laughs> Look at Isaiah 40 and verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Measured heaven with a span and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure. Weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. Who but our God? I mean, I just quiver when I think of how awesome our God is. God is able to spread his fingers and cover all the stars in heaven. It could also mean that he has placed them in orbits with a simple flick of his finger. And if he has that kind of power over the inanimate objects around us, imagine what kind of power he could unleash on behalf of his children. You can trust him because he has the power to help you. He's always present. His very name, I am, declares him to be the one who is ever present. Being I am, he is always God all the time. There has never been a time when he did not exist. And there never will be a time when he will not exist. Basically, all times that ever were or ever will be are right now to God. Now, I know that's hard for some of us this morning to grasp. Something that profound, but there is a special promise to all of God's children. While God is existing at all times, past, present, and future, he is able to be present at all places as well. So just because you got a problem over in Tennessee and I got a problem in Tacoma, he can still help both of us. See, see, that's the thing we don't understand. Maybe God's too busy to help me right now. Really? You don't understand the awesomeness of our God. Bible says, who can know the mind of God? You'll frustrate yourself every time. I mean, you think of the hardest class you may have took in college. You, you don't even come close to try to understand God. I'm serious right now. So many times we frustrate ourselves trying to understand God when we should just accept what he does for us. Amen. Psalms 46 verse number one tells us God is our refuge and strength, a very present help. In time of trouble, we got all this is what uh, uh, I ain't gonna say that. This is what frustrates me. I cleared it up, Sue. A lot of times, when somebody else is going through a problem, we're right there with a scripture to try to help them along and, and try to comfort them and encourage them. But when we go through something, we, got, we forgot all them scriptures. I'm just talking about me, I ain't talking about you. Psalms 145 and verse 18 says, the Lord is nigh 
unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. God is all perceiving. By virtue of the fact that Jesus is God, he is the one who knows all things. Nothing escapes his gaze as he ponders the way of men. In Proverbs 15, 3, I thought this was very important. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place, not just some places, but every place. And and beholding the evil and the good. And and see, we have a, a time sometimes dealing with. Well, man, they doing all this stuff over here and they seem to be getting. No, they ain't getting away with it. They time just ain't came yet. I'm serious. I, I know we all get frustrated with that. I'm trying to live right. And all these other folks seem to be blessed and I'm not being blessed. And if you haven't had that thought, you're lying to yourself. I'm just going to keep it real this morning. I'm serious because the, I'm not old, but the older I get, I've been through some stuff. And I start to realize what daddy used to say down south, he knew what he was talking about. You know, my dad told me so many when I was a boy stories. I'm sure you got those too, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, and I was like, really, dad? Come on. You walked five miles to school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just one way. Lord have mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. When Job considered the knowledge of God, he said, he knoweth the way I take, and when I am tried, he shall come forth as gold. Job 23.10. What this means for the child of God is simply this. God is worthy of our trust because he knows exactly what we are facing second by second as we journey through life. He hasn't missed a thing that has happened to you. He knows and he understands, and he is able to help you in your time of need. You can trust him. He sees your steps. Wherever we are, whatever bold endeavor we are involved in or whatever battle we may be fighting with our spiritual enemy, we have the confidence that the Lord of hosts is with us. And we have to remember that you're never alone. And I stopped by to tell you this morning that he is the Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides Genesis 22. He is the Jehovah Shalom, uh, the Lord of peace, Judges 624. He is the Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. Exodus 15, 22 through 26. He is the El Shaddai, the Adonai, the Alpha and the Omega. He is what he needs to be all the time. The list could go on, but suffice it to say that God is all you will ever need him to be, regardless of where you find yourself or what may come your way. Simply rest in the fact that he is I am. Let's look at some of the I am statements of Jesus. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. John 6, 35. I am the light of the world. John 8, 12. I am the door. John 10, 9. I am the good shepherd. John 10, 11. I am the resurrection and the life. John eleven twenty five. I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. I am the vine and ye are the branches. If ye abide in me, you shall bring forth with much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. John 15, 1 through 6 and following. I don't know about you, but I believe who he is. And if you don't believe, you need to believe. Thirdly, in the message today, what he was trying to address with them as the ultimate source of peace, he addressed their future. See, that's the biggest problem we have, the fear of the unknown. You don't know what's going to happen on tomorrow. The Bible tells us, uh, whether it be the Lord's will, we would do this or that. So many of us make plans and we don't ask the Lord about our plans. 
We just make the plans anyway. You better go read, James. Watch this now. He addressed the future. When Jesus came to the disciples that night, they were certain their lives were over. They were preparing to die. Yet when Jesus came, he let them know that he had a plan for their future. You see, in verse 45, he had told them to get in the ship and to go to the other side. Amen. He knew where they were and was responsible for where they were going to be. And he had a plane for them when they reached the other side. Y'all didn't catch that. (laughs) All right. When he spoke to his words were words of comfort and hope. He spoke peace to their present. And in doing so, he let them know they had a future ahead of him. Sometimes we act like we don't have a future ahead of us. We have to realize God has a future for us. He says in Jeremiah 29 and verse number 11, I know the plans I have for you. And look at this now. Sometimes we miss that. He says, I know the plans I have for you. See, sometimes we make a plan. We we do a lot of stuff just preparing to carry out that plan. But he says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans not to harm you, but give you hope and a future. Boy, if we don't read that verse enough, Lord have mercy. Your future looks good to God. And see, I understand, I understand. So many times we messed up and people will remind you you messed up. Amen. Amen. They remind you you messed up. But watch this now. And and sometimes, especially with preachers now, when preachers mess up, they want to just throw them away and they're no good anymore. That's sad to say, but it's true. But watch this now, watch this now. So many times... When we have something we don't care for, it seems to be of no use to us anymore, we want to throw it away. But God doesn't look at your failure. He looks at your potential. Stay with me. See, I'm so glad God looks at my potential, not my past failures. See, you may look at my past failures, but God sees my potential. And so I can put my head up high knowing that I have potential in the kingdom of God. I put it like this a lot of times because a lot of times I try to give you real life circumstances. How many of you, if and don't don't nobody take this wrong, please. This is the best analogy I can come up with. Um, how many of you are having tax problems or financial difficulties, and you're trying to figure out your finances? And get this, you're going to look for the local crackhead on the street. <laughs> and I don't. I didn't mean that bad in any way. Seriously, I'm just trying to use an analogy. See, how in the world would you want to listen to me or somebody up here that ain't ever been, had no life experiences? That's what I'm trying to get to. See, you can't help me if you ain't been through something. And I'm sorry, because there's all kind of people want to give you advice. But if you ain't authorized to give me advice, don't give me no advice. I'm just saying, y'all. I'm just human, but I'm just saying. So when I need some advice, I go to the word of God. Because, and I'm telling you, you can sit down with, we go, my dad said he'll take you to Denny's. I'll take you to Denny's. And we can, I'll pay for your meal and we can talk about it. Because see, folks think that there's, there's so much stuff going on in the world today that God can't fix your problem. Like you've got some, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Ain't a problem that he can't fix. And I don't care, you know, we got a different set of circumstances, but we had the same circumstances back then, just different stuff. Just different stuff. And like I said before, and I put a disclaimer on that earlier, we all got different names. 
on our storms. Okay. I want you to understand something as well, too. God is always available. How many times you call somebody and spe- and I, I, I can't stand this new caller ID. <laughs> Gary Linton might call me. I see. Oh, I ain't got time for Gary right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Are you, you know, you got them long winded friends. <laughs> but I'm glad God is always willing to pick up the phone when I call. Let me let me show you what I mean here real quick. I'm getting there. I know y'all, y'all ready to get out in that sun. In Isaiah 58, 9, the Bible says, Then thou shalt call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the, the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity. There may be few things you can truly count on in life, but Jesus is one you can always depend on. He is always always available to his children. And he is ever enough. As already has been said, there may be, there is no situation that may arise that he has no control over. There may be rough times ahead for the church and God's people. There may be economic crisis and political upheaval, but through it all, know that God is enough. He is all we will ever need to meet the needs of life that may arise. In Isaiah 45, verse 22, he says, look unto me and be saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God. There is no one else. No one else. God and God alone is our hope and our help as we journey through life. He is all powerful, all present and all perceiving. If he isn't enough, then we have no hope at all. But I challenge you this morning to put him to test and see for yourself that Jesus is enough. I know somebody, there's, there's always somebody that's a pessimist in the audience. And they be maybe saying, and I'm just saying in general, how do we know that Jesus is enough? I'm glad you asked that question. Yeah, you know I got something for you now. How do we know that Jesus is enough, Brother Morrison? Well, spiritually, the Bible tells us that Hebrews 7.25, he's able to save us to the uttermost. If you look up that word uttermost, it simply means it don't get no better than this as a child of God. If you was to look at your circumstances and how you would best fix it, God is able to do better than that. And will. The Bible says in Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You've got to call on Jesus. Uh, Allah won't do. Joseph Smith won't do. Buddha won't do. You've got to call on Jesus. And then I know there's others out there, but Brother Morrison, my finances ain't looking so good. I got some for that too. He's enough. The Bible says over there, in Philippians 4, 19, my God shall supply all your needs, not your wants, all your needs, according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And then I'm not going to read the whole text, but I need you to read Malachi 3, 8 to 10 when you get a chance. The Bible says if we do our part, God will pour you out a blessing. Open up the windows of heaven 
And pour out a blessing so big, you only have enough room to receive it. And earlier in the text, he said, try me and prove me if you don't believe me. See, I think the biggest problem of our faith is we don't read our Bibles enough. But I got a text for you right now. And I think a lot of us can see the source of many of our financial problems. Watch this now. I'm going to help you. I see, I see you, Gary. You ready, huh? 1 John 3.22. 1 John 3.22 helped me so much. I realized why a lot of stuff good wasn't happening to me. The Bible says in 1 John 3.22, and I'm sure you've read it before. We receive whatsoever we ask of him. If. See, we don't like if, do we? I just want the money. We receive whatsoever we ask of him if we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So, Brother Moses, you say if I just act right, he'll treat me right. That's what I'm saying. It's as simple as that. We kind of talked about it this morning. It, it seems like have you ever noticed? I'm, I'm serious. I want you to try this. Have you ever noticed when you try to do the will of God? Quit lying, quit cheating, go to church regularly, on time. I'm sorry. Don't throw nothing at me. I mean, we do everything, we, when we're doing everything right. Didn't it, even though it may have upset your schedule or what you wanted to do, don't it seem like life was a lot better? But yet when we ain't doing what God wants us to, we got all kind of problems and we wondering why. why. Y'all ever seen the word circumstance? And it's got that you in the middle. You put yourself in the middle of that circumstance. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I just try to keep it real. Physically, I'm almost coming to a hole. Close. Physically, the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God already knows what you need. He just wants his children to ask. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Like I'm supposed to have osmosis and know you needed a hundred dollars. <laughs> I'd say no, I got it for you, but I mean if you ask, I sure ain't gonna just give you a hundred dollars. Amen. Lord have mercy. And, and seriously, seriously, let me get back. Emotionally, I know a lot of us, I know a lot of emotional people. Even men are emotional. Amen. But watch this now, watch this now, watch this now. In Isaiah 26, 3, the Bible says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Second Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. you got to stay in the word of God if you want a sound mind. And then eternally, I ain't going to read the whole thing, but I think some of you have seen it before. Revelation 21, 1 through 7. Bible tells us in, in just a part of it. And God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. There should be no more sorrow, no more death, no more pain, for all the former things shall be passed away. When we arrive in heaven, the first one we will see is the one on the throne. And when we see him, we will know that he is Jesus and that he is enough forever. Before Jesus came into the world, the prophet Isaiah said that his name would be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9 and 6. When the storms of life are raging, always remember that Jesus is there for you. 
And as life unfolds, do not make Jesus your last resort. Rather, make him your first resort. Turn him quickly and fully and he will bless you abundantly. Whatever your need is this morning, it doesn't matter. A lot of times I'll have people say, but Brother Morrison, you just don't understand. No, you don't understand my God. I don't have to know what your problem is. Jesus can fix it. Bring it to Jesus this morning and discover firsthand that he is truly enough. I hope this message has been helpful for somebody today. I know it helped me. And that's the one thing, too. Um, as I close, we have to realize just because somebody else is struggling, we have to be honest with ourselves to admit we have a problem. You can't fix a problem if you don't admit you have a problem. And that's the hardest thing. Going through Bible school with the uh, uh, Sunset School of Bible, I think Robert went through Sunset as well, too. But you have to realize there's a book we had to read. I think it was by the last name of the author was Bacchus. But the book called Telling Yourself the Truth. You can tell yourself a lie long enough to believe it to be true. I mean, that's sad, but it's true. So if you're here today, you stand in need of prayer, we'll pray with you. You want to come down forth and be baptized for the remission of your sins? We can do that as well, too. The water is ready, but are you ready as we together stand and sing the song that's been selected?